The Secrets of Sacred Art is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Sacred Art where we unearth the hidden treasures, history, and deeper meanings in religious and sacred art. We're your hosts, Alex Murray and Catherine Laffrey. Welcome to Episode 5, Catholic Ladders, Teaching the Faith with Images. In this episode, we'll explore art and images used by Jesuit and other priestly ministries, uh, missionaries, um, to the Pacific Northwest. And Alex, have you ever heard of Catholic Ladders before? No, do you know, actually, before we even started this, um, we were going to do a, an episode on this. To be honest, I never heard of them. And I just think they're fascinating, the little bit, the very little bit that I know about it. And so I'm kind of looking forward to uh, finding a little bit more about it today. But no, never heard of them. Have you? Did you? How did you find out about them? So I stumbled across these a couple years back when I was teaching seventh grade catechism. And I was new in the master's program for sacred art. So I'm like, all right, let's try using a little more art when I'm teaching. And I would do things like print out coloring pages of um, beautiful old works. It's nice, amazing, the coloring pages you can find out there. And Mm, so I was like, there's got to be something else. I want like a church history or something that I can really walk the kids through. I don't remember what phrase I used, but all of a sudden there's this beautiful image of all of church history. And I was like, oh, this will be great because then I can like literally walk the kids through, you know, from creation till the final judgment. And they really enjoyed it. I mean, kids are so visual now with all their cell phones and flashing everything. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, I mean, I know these aren't like timelines, which, you know, I think a lot of people are uh, familiar with timelines, which are horizontal. I mean, I could... um, I used to spend hours just looking at timelines. I don't know if what that says about me, but, um, and I even had these massive timelines of the history of the earth and then the history of, I think it was history of literature or something in England mm-hmm. on the walls uh, in the girls' classroom. And I spent most of my time staring at the the timelines because it was so it was just so fascinating and so there is a it's a, there's there are natural draw there because it's visual and um and you can kind of see the the progression of time and kind of sometimes even insert your own life and experiences in it and i'm i'm assuming maybe it's something like that with with these ladders but i think they're a great idea um it was an ingenious thing whoever came up with them and so yeah yeah. So let's find out about them. Oh, yeah. So um, just, yeah, looking them up. And the intriguing thing for me was that, you know, this takes place in the, in the American Northwest, which I find fascinating. I used to always say, people, just like from Hunt from Red October, I would like to go to Montana. So, <laughs> And my mom is yeah. from Wyoming originally. So the American Northwest is kind of a fun draw for us. Yeah. Well, and I have to say... If I'm honest, in this country, there is a romanticism associated with, I would say the, definitely the West, but even the Northwest, you know, you get a lot of people here who, who really, um, they kind of wax um, romantically about 
the Northwest. There's something really special. And it is beautiful. I've never really been out that way. But oh, yeah. it, yes, it's an intriguing place. Yeah. And I purposely wanted to find a map of when all of these were first created. And so found, um, first of all, Father Francois Norbert uh, Blanchette, originally from the uh, Quebec area, uh, was in Montreal for a while and in and around Quebec City. Uh, did a lot along that eastern portion of what is now Canada with uh, French-speaking immigrants that came in and even with uh, fur traders and a lot of the um, different tribes in and around the, the northeast portion of Canada. And he was very studious and his bishop had told him that I need you to go to the Oregon Mission. And I mean, what a trip he had to make. It took five months for him to get there. They traveled by, you know, on water, on rail, on foot. They even say that when they crossed the Rocky Mountains, when they reached the peak, it was like three o'clock in the morning. He said mass at the summit of the Rocky Mountains. Like, how oh awesome gosh. is that to think about? That is. And you think about, I'm just... in. First of all, I do want to, I just want to encourage our listeners to maybe be our viewers and take a look at this, you know, a lot of the images, because these are really fascinating. I've never seen these before. And I'm just looking at this map and the distance that this man and obviously all the people who accompanied him traveled. And I can see that he's going across what I would consider my nightmare country, <laughs> the um, unorganized territory. There's no way I would want to go there. <laughs> It's like, um, yeah, and and just, wow, what an adventurer. Oh, I have to say this website for maps is fabulous. And I made sure to put it at the at the bottom and I'll put it in our show notes. And please, if you get the chance, watch our YouTube version of this because there's going to be so many great images to see. But just seeing how everything's laid out, watching how the states were slowly forming, working their way across as people moved, but then seeing unorganized territory. That just like cracked me up. I imagined what it's like (laughs) to go through this, you know, territory. Everybody's going, it's unorganized. Oh, no. You know, there's there's no government. There's no, you know, it's just wild. (laughs) Yeah, no, I was just thinking it's like the junk drawer of the United States. There you go. Not anymore. We love you, um, North Dakota. And- no, but it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, unorganized. It's really something that, what, a, what an interesting way to label. And, enti- and, you know, I think the unorganized territory is much bigger than the British Isles, but that's for another mm-hmm. story. That's for another day, yeah. right? And it was neat to see how large the Oregon territory was. I mean, it encompassed yeah. all yeah. of Washington, all of what is the state of Washington now, um, the state of Oregon, the state of Idaho, yeah. you know, kind of used the Rockies as the dividing line and all the way up into what's now Alaska. So this is a huge territory. Yeah. 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 Is this, I mean, now I'm, I'm, I'm kind of showing a little bit of my ignorance. This is after the Louisiana purchase, correct? Yes. Because you see the little state Louisiana of purchase. the Louisiana state there. So yeah, <laughs> yeah this is definitely Louisiana, after. darling. Oh, Louisiana. sorry. I forgot. You're a Southern girl. You know better than <laughs> I, I know. do. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it's interesting. Um, yeah. All that. So this is after the, the Louisiana purchase. Mm-hmm. 
And then you've got Mexican possessions. Oh, it's just, it is a fascinating map. It is. So everyone needs to look at it. And just, this is the kind of thing where when I was younger, um, I'd go to the library and I would be staring at a map like this for a really long time. Oh, yes. Yeah. I love maps. Maps are just fabulous. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're artwork in and of themselves. They are. Yeah. Totally. So yeah. we're, we're looking we at like... Sorry, I was oh, like, maybe okay. we should do an episode on that. We could, <laughs> I know, it's amazing. I'm sure we could find some really cool maps. Yeah, anyway, yeah. I digress, oh, it's please. Okay. So um, this is in the 1830s and um, leading into 1840s, getting into the end of the 1800s. So you have a lot of expansion, a lot of travel, and there were um, people from across what's now Canada and the northern United States that were heading toward the Oregon country, they were going there for trade. So you had you know, a lot of wildlife trade with the furs and the fishing, and, and then you have timber. And um, so what happened was you ended up with a lot of people that were, you know, families of or descendants of trappers that were raised Catholic and mm -hmm. there were a lot of marriages mixed with um, uh, the different Native American tribes in the area. So they're raising their children Catholic, but they had no priest. And yeah. so wow. they sent word back to the bishop in Quebec and said, we need a priest out here. And so that's how uh, Father Blanchett ends up heading to Oregon. Um, he was very successful there, too. Um, his ability to kind of figure through things. How are we going to communicate with the English, the French, and then all these tribes had a lot of different nuances in their individual languages. And so he's like, I have to figure out how to communicate with all of these people. And they're all asking for, teach us the faith. And I think the best thing that he did was he made it a point to incorporate the leader's of the different tribes into the catechism program to teaching the faith. Yeah. He figured it was do you best know coming which, from them. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what, do you know the names of any of the tribes that he was interacting with and, and working with? There were so many of them. I couldn't, yeah. couldn't list them all. And I figured, yeah. you know, we'll have to <laughs> let people do their own deep dive. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I would have yes. been lost for hours on that one. What That's was true. fascinating no. to hear was that they did have among the tribes a trade language, um, a Chinook jargon, it was called. Common speech. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so they had their little trade language. Everybody's got trade language. That's probably why there's a lot of English speakers around the world that became a trade language. Yeah, and yeah absolutely. he noticed that um, there were these Shahail or Shehele sticks. I've heard it pronounced different ways. They're about four feet long, some shorter, as a way of communication. So he took mm. one of these sticks and carved into it little markings and handed that on to the different leaders for them to take it back to their different tribal lands and let them be the teachers. And he actually had one of the... Um, leaders of one of the communities took in all the information within eight days time and was able to 
teaches community so effectively that when Father Blanchett went back a year later, he was amazed at how well this community knew the catechism, knew the faith, understood salvation history. So that's, that's fascinating. Yeah. That's fascinating. And these these sticks that you were talking about, I immediately thought about the Norwegian Primstav. Oh, which is that? a stick. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll talk about it one oh, day. Okay. But it's it is um like a long stick. It's a it's like a calendar but it has feast days on it. And uh, I have one. Um, so I'll have to find it. I'll take uh, a decent picture of it and, and send it to you. But uh, yeah, so that was a way of communicating and like cutting notches into the stick uh, to keep track of those feast days. Okay. And that is how they learned. Th- this is how the Norwegians learned about their faith. Ah. That we're talking, you know, in the Middle Ages, it was a way of keeping track of of the seasons and uh, the liturgical seasons, but also learning about different elements of the faith. So a little, not quite ex- yeah. like this, but very, very similar. It's interesting how, you know, it makes sense that, you know, you use, you use the materials you have mm-hmm. and, um, and they are effective, very effective. Yeah. Okay. Well, Father Blanchett was so good at making these sticks, the demand was too high for him to keep up with it. And he mm-hmm. had other priests that were there with him trying to make more of them as people asked for them, that he then went on in 1840 to create the Catholic ladder. And that's this very first image we have. It's a very long, narrow strip of paper. It ended up being um, well over 50 plus inches long. And he's, you start at the bottom, just like you would on the ladder. Yeah. And you have the days of creation. And each one of these lines marks a segment of time in like thousands of years. And then you have them working their way up. And you'll have the two little strokes that run up and down as being people. So you'll have Adam and Eve, or you'll have the sons of Noah. And it's fun to see the little different drawings that he created. And we'll take a closer look at that um, in a moment. But it was fun to see how he took this, what was notched into a stick, and then transferred it pen and ink to paper. And he actually used packaging paper that he backed with linen to help keep it all together so it could be folded up and transferred easily. Yeah, yeah. And you can see the way he's doing the um, the notches. I mean, you can still see he's referencing the notches. Yep. They're not like detailed images. They're just just a, um, a pen stroke. So, and then he would use dots for individual years. So that he had okay, yeah, the yeah. little dots. There's 33 dots stacked up in the middle that lead to Christ's crucifixion. So for the 33 years of Christ's life. And then you go back into, you know, the, the larger markings of time. And you have the, the founding of the church. The church is absolutely adorable in this. <laughs> and he has like a little drawing of the New Testament to represent it looks similar yeah, to the Ten Commandments down below. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just wondering, looking at this, is with these notches, is this related to what I'm calling the common speech of of the people living in 
the Oregon Territory at the time that, that people were using for trade. So do you know if these, so they would absolutely have understood this at a much deeper level than you and I are. Like we're looking at the lines and stuff, but maybe they would have been absorbing it in a different way. Yeah, um, I, th I think this was just like the easiest way to mark large amounts of time. So yeah. you have like 4,000 years marked yeah, out at the bottom. 4, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's trying to go from the beginning of time until actually until his visit. So at the very top there, it shows him and the priest that was with him. So they actually yeah. dotted it out all the way to his visit in the 1840s. And then you'll see yeah. the little branch that goes off to the side. <laughs> I was just about to ask you about the branch. What's that all about? So the the withered branch is the um, Protestant um, oh, okay. <laughs> Reformation revolt. <laughs> interesting. Yes, interesting. So. Well, yes. Yes, yes. It does give one pause. It does give one pause. You have to stop and think yeah. about that. But then it was neat to see the way these catechism ladders evolved and got more elaborate. And yeah. Father Blanchett, the man, had traveled the world. Eventually, he became the first bishop in Oregon and was archbishop. And at one point in time, he traveled down through um, Chile and was down in South America for a while. And so the latter went with him, except this time instead yeah. of having French notations, it has Spanish notations, but still following the basic general idea you can see a little more elaborate, so there's probably some people there that maybe have a little more um, reading background. So there's other little notations that they could read, and yeah, a lot the, more pictures. Visit, I was going to say the images are a lot more detailed as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he still kept that central ladder, that theme running up through the middle, which I thought was fascinating. Yeah, it's a good way to count. It's almost like an abacus. Yeah, it is you know, a lot it's, like it's, it's a good way to, to keep track of time in a very simple way, but you can get up to some pretty high numbers on it. Mm -hmm. You imagine it'd be real easy for a kid to walk them along each one of these notches, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. And it's all, it's really universal. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like you yeah. and I, I mean, I'm looking at this for the first time mm -hmm. and I can, you know, if I look at it and I kind of have a, a vague idea of what's going on, I could kind of spend time looking at this and go, oh yeah, okay. So there's the Old Testament and yeah, okay. You know, here's the New Testament yep. and, and um, knowing that the, 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 um, the vertical um, strokes our people, then, oh, okay, who's that? So it, it is something where you could spend some time looking at it and figuring it out and not getting too far off the mark mm -hmm. of what he's trying to say. So that's really fascinating as well. That's kind of ingenious. Yeah. I feel like you're, like you're being brought into the history. You're not just learning yeah. about something that <laughs> happened to someone else, but you're actually journeying yeah. along with. And I love how this plays along with what we uh, talked about in our last episode. Yeah, we had that journey of Joseph through those two panels, and this is yeah very similar this form. Is the, it is, it is, yeah. But this one you can roll up and stick in your pocket. Yeah, and the last <laughs> one actually can roll up. It's actually attached to bars, made to be rolled up like a scroll to be taken along. And they got a lot more detail on here, a lot more words, uh, much yeah. more elaborate yeah, pictures. Can... I still love the simple first one though. 
I do too. Do you know what? I do too. I think that's so cool. And this is, I'm not advocating this, but like if you were to get a tattoo, like that would be the coolest tattoo. <laughs> okay. I, can see, I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking hang it on the wall. But if you want to get a tattoo, Alex. <laughs> on your leg. No, I don't. Thank no, you very much. Okay. <laughs> but, I just, but the thing is, it's, it is something like you could see maybe somebody doing that. Well, let's take, be, you yeah, know? let's take a closer look. Because it is lovely okay, pen yeah. and ink. I can see why you thought right away to go to tattooing yourself, but no. Just yeah, kidding. not myself. <laughs> okay, okay, not yourself. One. <laughs> so in the some individual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the first image we have the bottom. We're starting off with creation, and the little circles represent the creation of the heavens and the earth. And then you have the two people, Adam and Eve, and you have the sun and the moon and the stars and the plants. So it's really neat. To, and then the three would be um, for Adam and Eve's children. Yeah. So Cain, like, Abel, and Seth, right? Yes. Yep, yep. <laughs> and then you just kind of start working your way up. I love how Noah's Ark looks because most people wouldn't recognize it as Noah's Ark. Can you tell? Yeah. Tell which it looks side a little it bit like, I think it's on when I'm looking at the right side and it looks a bit like a cabin. Yeah. It looks like a little cabin. Okay. Very square. Yeah. And if you think about yeah, the description is. in the scriptures, it's, it sounds very square. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, and then I, can I name which I, I know yeah. what the other one is? Yeah. You tell me. <laughs> that, that, that's the Tower of, of Babel or Tower yes. of Babel. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It looks like some of our modern high rises now. It does. It does. And and that's not a compliment. No, but no. anyway, it does. It, it, or I was going to say, or an upside down waste paper basket. But, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're just. And who's this? Who's the, who's the, who do you think, or who is the, the individual next to the, the tower? Who is that? Who's that supposed to be? Do it you took think? me a while and it was actually clearer on one of the other images that we'll uh -huh. see later. But okay. that's Abram being called oh, from the, yes. yeah. So that's pretty, that's so fascinating. So then we start working into Abraham's, Abraham's family. I'm still yeah. trying to figure out what the blob is up there above the it tower. It could have been, I'm looking like that might've been um, something they didn't mean to draw. <laughs> It could be. You know, I yeah. mean, it, because it's on paper, if it's on packing paper, it's on thin paper. It's not like you, and it's ink. You mm -hmm. can't scrape it off. You know, it's being, it's going to be completely absorbed into the, into the fiber of the paper. So yeah. it looks to me with my ignorant eyes, uh, it maybe just, oops. <laughs> it does look like an oops. I mean, above yeah. it, the 10 commandments are a little clearer to see. Yeah. 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 And then, um, uh, I'm assuming with the castle looking thing is for uh, the uh, kingdom of Israel or yeah. David's kingdom. It seems very much like it. It's hard for me to make it I'm out. I'm just looking at all of these people, you know? Yeah. What's going on? Because actually I was thinking, is that, could that be Lot running out of um, that blob? Could it be Sodom and Gomorrah? Oh, yeah, that could be. And Lot and his wife, and who else? And then Lot's dad. Uh, right. 
See now. Oh, okay. Go read again. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, like, now I'm getting, see, now I'm getting all into the story. I know. You right? know, they're like running and yeah. Yeah. So and then, then, and then, okay. Sorry, I'm getting all excited. I like, know. Go, go. This is exciting. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just thinking about like the 12 tribes. Where are the 12 tribes? Yeah, I know. I'm always like counting yeah. out going, where's the tw- the marks for the 12 tribes? Yeah. Yeah. But we're not there yet, I don't think, because we're just now. Actually, no, it's, it's on this first section of it because the next section starts off with, um, Jesus's life because we have the 33 dots. 33. Yeah. yeah. So at the bottom you have, um, John the Baptist is one of those marks and then you have Jesus, Mary and Joseph um, it might even be the three wise men represented there. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So down here, so are we moving on to the second one? Yeah, into the center. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the what what is the round circle? Is that like the Annunciation or the Incarnation? What is that? That one I couldn't make out. I wasn't sure what it was, so it's like, oh. Interesting. Yeah. I guess looking at maybe some of the, the ones that are a little more detailed, yeah. the later ones, maybe they'll be a little clearer. But this is just, I think it's fascinating. Yeah. I do. I'm with you. I really like the simplicity of this mm-hmm. because you can really, um, you know, there's simplicity and there's simplicity, right? Yep. You know, sometimes you get like this really stark um, emptiness. You know, some, you know, a lot of contemporary buildings, sadly, and a lot of contemporary churches, there's mm-hmm. a lot of empty space. But what I think is lovely about this is there's a simplicity here, but it's, it's really drawing us in. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. I can see how it worked. Yeah. I love on the church, well the little church in the center panel, we're, you know, talking about, okay, so after Christ's um, death and resurrection, we have the establishment of his church. It looks like little roosters sitting on top of each of the crosses. That's what I was thinking. And, you know, so that makes me think of Notre Dame because there's a rooster on on the steeple of Notre Dame. And in the rooster are three of the thorns from the crown of thorns. Ah. And I'm wondering um, if that's what he's referencing. And it also references an old carol about Herod sitting around at dinner time and when they said oh we think the the messiah you know the son of god is going to be born and he's like if that's true this rooster that's sitting on this platter is going to jump up and crow and that's exactly what happened <laughs> <laughs> oh i love that yeah. tie-in well yeah think about it we have yeah. a lot of uh uh french um immigrants in and around this area that's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. So they would have would have had that that reference and, and actually um maybe to bring it all round back around to the Paris or French um rugby team, their logo is a rooster. There you go. So they really like that. Now it they makes really more like sense. Yeah. There you nice. go. And then yeah. you can see the last little <laughs> section is just all the little dots of yeah. leading um after the Reformation until you get to Father Blanchett coming to teach. And then it's in, yeah, because that actually then brings the person who's been spending all this time looking at this and, and hearing the stories. And then they're like, oh my gosh, and I'm in the story. Yes. Yeah. You're yep. in the story too. That's great. Yep, yep. Yeah. So it's, and it really, 
I think it's important for us that when we do talk to someone else about the faith, that we make it a point to bring them into the story, not just yeah. talk at them or give them a bunch of theology, but actually let them know that there's a whole huge story that all of us are incorporated into. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's a, and it's a good story. Yep. So thankfully yeah. as archbishop, he took the time to write down a key to the Catholic ladder and I probably could have been lost for hours and weeks just reading this. Fascinating, <laughs> yeah, lovely. So, Alex, if you would, give us a little read from Father or Archbishop Blanchett. I will do my best. So this <laughs> is a little bit off the cuff. Um, so pardon me if I stumble across some of the words. So this is the key to the Catholic ladder containing a sketch of the Christian religion and universal history useful to all my favorite line <laughs> i know i know and that's the thing and and you know what that is the whole point of sacred art it needs to be useful and accessible to all mm -hmm. so well done he's he's absolutely he's hit it yeah he's done a great job so the catholic ladder is but a historical and chronological chart of religion from the creation of the world down to the present day it embraces the 4,003 years which preceded the coming of the Messiah, the 33 years of the life of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the 1,860 years which have elapsed since the Incarnation, together with important events and remarkable personages that are represented by means of figures or of symbolical signs placed on each side of the ladder, so as to face as nearly as possible the centuries to which they belong. It has been called a ladder from the form which it presents in its development about the center as the eye runs along its plane from the bottom to the top. It is qualified by the word Catholic in order to convey a sense of its origin and of its character. It is besides the most real image of the mysterious ladder, which the holy patriarch Jacob saw in his dream, resting on earth at one extremity and on the heavens at the other, along with the angels, ascended and descended, and on the topmost round of which the Lord leaned, addressing his speech to Jacob. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> it is fascinating. So he really thought about this. Oh, he yeah. He really thought about this. And of course, I'm just, again, you know, some of the, well, you know, you can find cathedrals in Europe and um, maybe in the United States maybe even just your local church, there could be an image of Jacob's Ladder. So this is something mm -hmm. that was very much in the minds of Catholics for many, many, many centuries. And, and this is something that was brought down all the way through, um, you know, the Old Testament all the way up until, for them, the 1860s. Mm -hmm. You know, it's incredible, this this image of a ladder that yeah. has lasted all that all that time. Yeah, he so well took what was given to us in the past and made it useful to the time he was in. So, yeah. you know, we have that understanding of the of Jacob's ladder. There's icons of it, like you said, and beautiful yeah, paintings. Yeah. So just yeah, copying from the past, adding a little bit of today into it and he's you know, yeah, and making yourself part of the story. Yep. That's the thing. That's how you make yourself part of the story. You don't come up with some Weird thing. Yeah. That, 
nobody can relate to. It's you're part of this story and it can be done in such a fascinating way. So this is kind of cool. Next image Next is now on the screen. Next image is up. Yeah. So we're going to wow. step forward. So after the beautiful simplicity of Father Blanchett's ladders, it gets a little more elaborate and more and more priest needed to be brought in. Father Blanchett literally circumnavigated the globe. He had gone down to South America. Yeah. He had worked his way from Oregon um, through Honolulu, then across the continents to get to Rome and work his way back around to the U.S., coming in at Boston and other places. Wow. And then heading back west. And he brought with him um, priests of different like probably Jesuit priests with him, um, some sisters and lay brothers, and, you know, to really help keep growing this area. The success of the ladders meant there were more and more Catholics in the area that needed to be ministered to. Yeah, his his frequent flyer miles must have been amazing. Oh, right? I know. <laughs> I'm just like going, at that time, <laughs> trying to get around the world imagine? is not like just hopping to the near local airport. No, it's not. And, yeah. that, and, and even if you do that, it takes a lot of effort today, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the priests that came into the area was Reverend Albert Lacombe. Um, he's from the Order of Mary Immaculate. And he... Um, Came to the area around uh, the same time, just after Father Blanchett had established things. And he created a very colorful, I love the color combination on this ladder, um, in the 18, in 1872. And his addition to this was then adding the two roads. So on either side yeah. of the ladder, if you see in the first section here that runs really narrow top to bottom, you have this golden yellow road that runs up on the left side and on the other side, this gray ashen road that works its way up on, on the right side. And so it's like, okay, let's see. Well, actually, if you look at the figure of Christ, the ashen road is on his left side. The golden road is on his right yeah, side. Yeah, it's going to be on his right side. So yeah, let's got to think about it in terms of Christ's point of view. Yeah, his orientation. Yep. No, it, it's fascinating. It looks almost like, um, again, it's something that anybody could spend quite, it's it's a very visual um, piece where you could spend time really looking and thinking about it and contemplating it. And it's interesting and it does have all these colors. It's, it reminds mm -hmm. me of, do you remember, now I'm really going to date myself, but maybe it's still around it's not in this country like bubblegum. You know how you would get, was it not Hubba Bubba? There was some bubblegum where you could get like a tiny little comic strip in it, like a super oh, tiny. Oh, bazooka. Bazooka. Yes. Yeah. It kind of, I mean, no disrespect, but it, like the colors and everything. <laughs> now that you say that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was inspired that by the be, ladders. You know. Yeah. The printing but what's really yeah. neat about this is the addition of color brings in what was um, later referred to as the the black and red road. And yeah. this came up in a, two recent episodes of Mysterious World with Jimmy Aiken. And so in episode 266 and 267, Jimmy Aiken is talking about Nicholas Black Elk, 
And Nicholas Black Elk had a vision of red and black road and a figure of Christ in this. So you're going to have to listen to these episodes. They're fascinating. Really fast. And again, do you know what? It it ties in nicely, but it also is something, it's a part of, it's a part of Catholic history that I'm not going to say many people aren't aware of, but I certainly am not aware of it. And, and I, I love hearing these, these, um, these stories of, of the lives of Catholics and faithful Catholics and, and Nicholas Black Elk, he was, he was an extraordinary man. Yes. Really extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah. Worth knowing. Yes. Worth knowing. (laughs) Yes. Let's pray for him to be a saint someday. He'd be a great saint. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very cool saint. (laughs) Yeah. So he was one of the leaders in his community that became a catechist. So he would use this image to teach the children in his community, the catechism to teach um, the yeah. faith. So was it just children or was this aimed at, at adults as well? Maybe reaching out to adults with this. Um, so actually, I don't know. I wish I could zoom in on it better, but um, they actually have it at the top of the little notation. I have a zoomed in portion of the bottom where it yeah. says that um, this catechism, pictorial catechism, is set up for um, for children and the un and uneducated people. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, so, yeah. So and you have to so, think there and, could have been a lot of fur traders and trappers that might not be able to read. They're just out. Yeah, yeah, doing their job. Exactly, because you know we're so we're so text reliant and and we really really emphasize that but um the universality of images is something and and the other thing is and i mean maybe i'm gonna just you know reveal a little bit of my opinion here this was made for children but it certainly was not made in a um a condescending way you know sometimes you get images and they're ugly or they look cartoony or um they're badly drawn and they're so simplistic it's almost an insult to the child but that's not what this is at Mm -hmm. all this is really interesting and it draws you in and um so i think that that's something to take into account especially you know if you're an artist and you're doing some illustrations and you Mm -hmm. want to do something for children you know it doesn't mean it has to be goofy and cartoony it can be really beautiful yeah and dignity speak to the dignity um the image should speak to the dignity of the subject matter and also the observer yes i am now off my soapbox. <laughs> it was a good soapbox. <laughs> but this was the image I shared with my seventh graders. They loved it because I there were so many little details. And like you said, it wasn't dumbed down. It was very clear. And you know, we're starting at the bottom with uh, the image of the Trinity. And they did a nice little triangle in the center with a number one in it. And then around the points of the triangle, you have a a face of like an older father. So God, the father, Mm -hmm. and then you have Christ's face. And then um, for the Holy Spirit, it almost looks like a young man. I thought that was interesting. I was surprised it wasn't a dove. Yeah. So I thought that was fascinating. 
And this this well, whole thing is bilingual sorry. too, because they well it's I, universal, I that, but they yeah. have it in French and English. So for the settlers there, that, that's universal. No, yeah. I'm joking. <laughs> it's interesting. I wonder if because this was made for um, the time and and the place, and, and for you know taking into account the cultures of the people, maybe a dove wouldn't necessarily translate well or something. And so that's why they have an image of a another person. Yeah, that could be. I've never seen. Yeah, it's interesting because yeah. there there are a lot of different images used for the Holy Spirit. Isn't the Irish yeah. you have the wild goose? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, we'll be talking about that. All right, nice. Yeah, little teaser. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but just above the Trinity, we have the fall of the angels. Something you yeah. don't always see depicted. Yes. So, that's so cool. I never, I didn't even notice that until you pointed it out. Yeah. I was trying to figure out why is that there? And then it's like, oh my goodness, that's the fall of the angels. So you see um, blackening and looking rather bat-like. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But I, I like bats, so I'm not going to. And then the days of creation are absolutely fabulous. It starts off with let there be light, this darkness, and all of a sudden this bright ring of light. Um, yeah. You yeah. have the separating. It looks like an eclipse. Yeah, it does look like an eclipse. And the separating of uh, the light and the dark, the separating of the air and the water. You have the the plants, and then you have the sun and moon, and you have the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. And then Adam and Eve. I love how they have the little, like, almost like ray of light coming down onto Adam yeah, and Eve. Yeah, spotlight. It's like, <laughs> and it's lined up with God above. It's like, you know, so you can get that yeah. breath of God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's well thought out. I mean, yeah. it's really. So very nicely done. And just God's hands across it all. And then you see the, the angels that are still up in the heavenly glories with him. Yeah, and they just kind of are heads with the little winged collar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little cherubim I, face. <laughs> very yeah, French. I think it, I would like very much for us to kind of do an episode on how angels look because yes, I, I'm going to be honest, I think this is weird. I always have. <laughs> just who came up with that? That's weird. <laughs> All right, but, listeners, if you know anyway. crazy pictures of angels, send it in. Please. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, on, on Discord yes, or, or any social media. Yeah. Yeah. So we also have the fall of Adam and Eve, the little snake winding its way through the fallen angels. And then let's... Oh, yeah. yeah. That's so cool. And do you know what? If you look, see, I'm getting all into it. Uh-huh. Way on, on the left-hand side, right where it was, um, let there be light. Mm-hmm. If you kind of follow the fallen angels and their little faces, it kind of undulates like a snake's tail all the way. Oh, it does. Yeah. Doesn't it? It's all kind of oh, intertwined cool. together. Yeah. All right. So let's see like what's Like I said, very, thought, very well thought out. Oh, yeah. And I mean, with so many little details like this. I mean, any kid, no matter how hyperactive, would be enthralled by all these little details, I think. I think so, too. Yeah. So just above God and above um, where we had the original sin, we have the expulsion from the garden. 
So the angel is shooshing him out the door. Yeah. But I love that right away he showed the promise of a savior. The pro-evangelium, yeah. Just beautiful. So giving them some hope. And then not too shortly, you get the first murder. <laughs> yeah. 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 Good old Cain and Abel. And then we work our way up and we still have those bars representing the thousand years. And there's yeah. Noah's Ark looking more boat-like. Yes, it does. Yes. yes. And then the rainbow. I guess they were limited in the the um, colors that they could use. Yeah, probably or, or a little, print with. So, yeah, <laughs> a little tougher to combine those together. Yeah. But you can well, already see there's black kinda, colors. Yeah, you got like the lighter side and the darker side. So we're kind of like starting to get that wavering from. Yeah, yeah. The left to the right of Christ. And at the top there, what else do we have? Just kind of like the flood itself and you can see the people just kind of merrily doing whatever oh the flood's coming yeah yeah and then some of them are like oh maybe we should have yeah they're all running <laughs> to Noah listen to <laughs> Noah yeah yeah it's too oh, late yeah. so then just above that oh, we can see the Tower of Babel's made it to Christ's left hand side yeah okay okay so now i'm get. all right now i'm getting it this is fascinating isn't it neat <laughs> well with the, like the, the the black road and the golden road and um it is yeah, it's, yeah. i this is really cool it makes sense yeah and like, then you know you've got about... all the sin mm-hmm. happening yep but then you've got constantly the help and the hope that's on the other side that's yes you know they're they work with each other we're not work with each other but one definitely um outshines the other shall we say and here's where we can see clearly abraham being called out so abram is right next to the central ladder and he's being called from away from the tower of babel yeah he gets to head over to the good side there you go. <laughs> the light sign. Yes, head to the light. Yeah. Yeah. It's just fascinating to look at all the different people along the path. And then every yeah. now and then there's little clues to why one side's the uh, where it is. You know, we've got Sodom and Gomorrah. You've got um, the division of the people or the nations with Babel. You have paganism. With yeah, yeah. Sacrifices. Idolatry. Idolatry, yeah. Yeah. And they've all got their little um the little heads of the the fallen angels floating around. Mhm. They look a little bit like UFOs, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of fascinating. Maybe Jimmy will need to do an episode on this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, but back you know, over to the good side. No one, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, Don't spend too much time on the dark side. No, no, Come no. over to the light Go side. to the light side, yeah. yes. Yeah. So we have the old law and we have the Old Testament and the Ten Commandments marked out in ten little ticks to help yes. remember that. And Moses standing up there on the mountain. And then you have the Ark of the Covenant being brought into the temple. And you have King oh, yeah. King okay, David that, with yeah. his little harp. Yeah. Yeah. So we're starting to get the patriarchs in there. 
But notice all of this is along the black road. So the road changes from black to red. So if we think about our color theory used in art. So the... Yeah. Oh, you, you mean, wait a minute. The so central... The the central road that looks like the ladder it's gonna yes it's currently black okay all right oh okay i was like oh my gosh yeah. what's wrong with my eyes okay so, so it's let's currently see. black but it's gonna change yeah. to red there you ah, go so we're going out of being in sin the black representing like we're stuck under the law yes to now yeah. we're heading onto the red road where we're redeemed by christ's blood so this is the incarnation, yeah. Yep. And the, it's the incarnation that makes all the difference. Yep. So I love the little nativity scene right in the middle. Yeah. We even have the three wise men coming over from the the gray road. So they're... That's right, yeah. Heading to the light. They're literally following the light of the star. And then you have John the Baptist uh, pointing to the nativity scene, pointing it out. And lovely little bubbles of Christ's life with Joseph in the shop and then his uh, Sermon on the Mount. It's almost like a, you know, early comic book. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Although I think they would have had, they, I mean, they had cartoons, Mm -hmm. obviously it's been around forever, but yeah, yeah, it it definitely has that feel and it's, it's engaging the way comic books should be engaging. Yes. And are engaging. (laughs) Yeah. So it's neat to see the followers along the the golden road there, and then to look on the uh, the ashen colored side and see, okay, what's going on? Well, right away they're showing us the sin of pride. You have a king, yeah, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then at the top of this little section, after the thirty three years and the dots, we have Christ's crucifixion, and we have. Mary and um, Mary Magdalene at his side, the little skull to represent Adam at the base of the cross. And then flowing from Christ's side, we have the sacraments. And they have nice little representations of them and uh, a little red cross for them also. Yeah, any other little fun things you note? I'm just looking. I just find it really fascinating the um, the difference between the number of people on the black road and the number of people on the yellow road, and how active the yellow road is, or the golden road, I should say. Yeah. And I do find that interesting. Um, and I wonder why that is. I mean, not like I'm being all negative. I'm not being oh, negative. Oh, like why there's so just, many? Yeah, and, but it's actually, that's good. They want to say, you, you, we want you to be on this road. This is a good thing. And this is the road to life. And I do find, um, I find that interesting. Mm-hmm. I like how the crosses are kind of, the shadows of the crosses are the sacraments. Mm. I do think that's really an interesting way of visualizing Christ's sacrifice and uh, and how the the um the sacraments are connected 
Mm-hmm. so closely to his sacrifice. Yes. It's really well done. I keep saying that, but <laughs> I mean, it, it really is so, I mean, I'm getting all kinds of ideas looking at this mm-hmm. for stuff I want to do, actually. Then there's one if little notation above the cross. You'll see two black circles. And they have yeah. on there two knights. So that Christ was in the tomb two nights. <laughs> Yeah, and then on the third, yeah. yeah, on the third day, and then what happened? It's like, okay, what's going to happen next? Yeah, dun, dun 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 dun. So here we have. I kept that, you know, the crucifixion in there. And you can see the resurrection, the angel, you know, turning away the stone, and then you have um, on Christ's right hand, um, you have um, the faith. And then uh, yeah. on the uh, the other side, you have uh, avarice. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, it looks like, so they're developing, they're naming the seven deadly sins. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to have the supernatural virtues Yep. on the other side. Yeah. Avarice. So, yeah. And, uh, I'm just trying to creepy, think of, uh, sorry. Creepy demons with each one of those. <laughs> I know. But then you've got, you've got the little angel heads on the other side as yeah, well. Yeah. So what were you thinking of? I can't remember. Oh, okay. It'll come to me. I'm just, yeah, I, I'm sitting here looking at this. I hope, I, I think people are going to find this fascinating. I, I could stare at this for a really long time. Yeah. Oh, I have been. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. So after, um, Christ's resurrection, we then have, the 40 days in dots. Yeah. That he was, um, you know, with the people before uh, the ascension. And of course, we have our little comparisons between, uh, I believe it's t- uh, temperance. Yes. No, no, it's um. There's hope, oh, hope, hope, and charity, and then we've got lust, lust. and envy. envy. Yes. And also, I want to point out how the people on the black road—they're all turned away from Christ unless they're brought into, mm-hmm. you know, onto the the golden road. So when you have somebody on the other side, you know there's still a chance, you know, mm-hmm. you have a little bridge or whatever, and there's something they're looking at, but everyone who's, who's on the golden road road, they are, they're all looking to Christ. They mm-hmm. all have their eyes on him. So I think that is fascinating. So yeah. get some people that are not interested, not looking. And then others that that's what they're doing. They're looking and they're worshiping. You see a guy, a guy, I should be more sophisticated in my <laughs> terminology. <laughs> You see a gentleman, a gentleman. who in, in in a green robe, and he's he has his hands up in prayer, like Oran's the Oran's mm-hmm. position of prayer, and um, uh, you know, so that's that's an interesting thing. Yep, I think it's neat because those of us along the road who are not there during the time of Christ, it kind of helps you to understand that you can be along the road and you experience it all. You're there yes. with what happened. Again, as you said, in the story. Yeah, in the in... story. We're taking people with us and bringing them into the family. 
So what's nice is in the next section, as we move up after Christ's ascension, here we have the Church of Jesus Christ, beautiful, laid out little church. Oh, no rooster on top this time. No, oh, no. Well, I miss the roosters. You know, <laughs> I know, but he, there's a little, there's an angel on the top. Maybe that's the guardian angel because every church has its own guardian angel. That's right. Um, but then can I point out what I, what I immediately see, which kind of... Um, Contradicts what I just said. Okay, I, was, I think <laughs> so, you're going. <laughs> yeah, so we've got St. Peter on, on the Golden Road, and we have St. Paul on the Black Road, but that's because he's preaching to the Gentiles. I understand that. But, yeah. you know, I was saying, oh, everybody's, you know, uh, looking at Christ. But at this, just right above this, St. Paul is kind of going off to, to do what he was called to do. But look Christ. what but he is a, looking at. He's holding he in his at? hand a, a cross. He's holding the cross. So That's he's taking right. Christ before him to go That's out right. into the wilderness of the Ashen Road. Yeah. <laughs> and actually a lot of people are. You see a lot of, and you see a little angel mm-hmm. um, who's also going out to, to get people and to get the Gentiles. And it's neat. So you see, there's, it looks like a shepherd and he's just looking over his shoulder. Yeah. And then there's somebody um, greeting uh, St. Saint Paul as well. So they're ready. The Gentiles are ready. Mm-hmm. And I love how the road, you know, starts cutting back or it, there's a little bit of golden as it crosses exactly. through the red road. So you can see that there's, there's salvation. Just cross through, find these bridges. And yes, then, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So the tiny little apostles are all out there with their cross in hand to help bring people in. They are. Oh, and I'm looking at this guy, the gluttony guy. Oh yeah, he's device. chugging away, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, isn't that gluttony? Is yeah, I mean, but wouldn't you just? I guess it's drinking, but I never would have associated drinking with gluttony. But I guess I thought it was another vice. But I guess it could all be the same thing. Well, he's got not uh, only the jug of whatever he's drinking, but he's got a hefty stew pot going right next to him too. So that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. yeah. I don't see anyone else nice to loose, share the meal. Nice loose robes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. There you go. It reminds me of like Homer Simpson, you know, when he wore that big muumuu dress that, that was years ago. Anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they even did the precepts of the church, just little tick marks below the eye of God next to the New Testament. Yes. So that the seven was... commandments of the church. Yeah. And then they're talking about, you know, we're under the new law. But as we move up through the centuries, and they actually ticked it off. They did, yes. um, Up on the Golden Road, but heading the wrong way across the bridge. Yes. We have Martin Luther, Muhammad. Muhammad and and Arius. So they are, they're grouped with the, uh, the heresies. Yeah, people the wrong direction on the road. I'm just looking at if you look at, okay, they have the discovery of America. So obviously this is not chronologically correct, which it doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. um, in order to make sense. But um, you can see there's somebody with a bow and arrow Mm -hmm. and there is, would that be perhaps a missionary in a black robe uh, who is, looks like he is... uh, the um the 
focus of the arrow, shall we say? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's kind of, you know, being surrounded by a couple yeah. of different people. And uh, yeah, so this is him trying to reach out. We do know that there were um, American martyrs in the missions. So yeah, don't know if that's some very point. courageous men. Yes. And women. Yes. Yes. Um, but the, the, the sufferings of the proto martyrs of the United States are just, mm-hmm. it's incredible. I'm sure um, in Catholic American history, I'm sure they've, they've talked about that. Yeah. Well, this would be a good episode. It would be. Yeah. Yeah. Get on it. <laughs> <laughs> so moving up, we're jumping above the road where we have the heresies. And you can see there's a whole group of people that have kind of split off. And some are, you know, people of the new land that are working their way back across the bridge. They're being led by other missionaries and pointed the way. I love the ones that are, you know, standing on the road. The roads that cross this over is like golden almost all the way to the ashen road. Yeah, like you're almost there. yeah. Yeah. And they're just kind and of you pointing. Even have the, you, yeah, and you even have the, 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 the man with the bow and arrow, and he's kind of looking at the golden road. Mm-hmm. Do you know, I just thought of something. I just realized something. Huh. So if we're looking at the vices, so we have a sloth, as they call uh-huh. it over here, or sloth, and anger. Oh, yeah. And then going down, those are all, you know, Dante talks about that. And the one at the very bottom is pride. Yeah. The root of it all. Because that's the biggest one. The root of it all is pride. So they've even started off with, you know, the the vices that aren't, I mean, they're all bad, but, you know, you have a better chance of getting across to the golden road (laughs) if you're just slothful than you do if you're prideful. Yes. Yes. You can be called away a little easier. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, and look, you, you can see... That, you know, you do have the mission missionaries and you have, uh, there's a, a gentleman who's with his bow and arrow and his little, um, kilt, I guess is yellow. Do you see him oh, on yeah, the yeah. golden road? Yeah. And so. I almost wonder if that's the uh, progression of the guy who was in red and now he's in the yellow. That's kind of what I was wondering. And also interestingly, the, um, the little bat winged faces. They're not as detailed. They're kind of thin and just lines. They're not even as detailed and dark as the ones towards the bottom. Yeah, not as heavy. Yeah. So the road works its way up. We have a little base that says the Pope. Let's see what he looks like in the next slide. Oh, there we go. So there's Tiara. Mm-hmm. Trying to help lead everybody along the road. I love the guardian angels supervising everyone as they get a little closer. Yeah, and holding their hands. Uh-huh. Taking them in the center of it all to their particular judgment. So here we have a soul kneeling before Christ and the guardian angel on one side and, oh, that vicious, vengeful demon on the other side, you know, almost thrusting a fist at the person, trying to yeah. snatch him away. Yeah, the accuser. Mm-hmm. And I just find this whole uh, description of hell imagery on the other side is just so intertwined and fascinating how it's been laid out and the, 
the long dragon-like demons that are guarding it. Um, and if yeah, you look, if you look crowns, away yeah. from it, do you notice it almost looks like a face turned away from Christ? I was, I was just thinking that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's because of, it's because of the, the the roundness at the top and the, mm-hmm. the length. Yeah, but that's I was, you know, great minds think alike, Catherine. There you go. So there you was, go. yeah. <laughs> No, you're right. It, it is fascinating. And, um, and it is something that's, you know, they're fighting amongst themselves in the, in the, mm-hmm. in hell. Yeah. And the image of purgatory, it almost strikes me like a, like looking into a window. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, or a like window. A, and I was also thinking it looks almost like a ship. Oh yeah. Yeah, it does. Like the back end of the big sailing ships that had those yeah, windows yeah, across yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. But then the flames inside look a little bit like a ship as well, you mm-hmm. know, with a sail. Oh, yeah. In the uh, right direction. I feel like we're like looking at cloud pictures. Oh, what's that look like? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So then at the very top of all this, we have someone being ushered from purgatory up to um, Christ. I love how our blessed lady is sitting there right next to him. And Jesus looks like he's giving this new soul welcomed into heaven, a lovely embrace. Exactly. Mm -hmm. All the angels rejoice. Yes. And then on either side of this, we have an image of the Immaculate Conception and the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Now, was this one made before or after... It was dogma. Oh, uh, sorry. Before or after the, I guess it would be have to be after the the apparitions at Lourdes of the Immaculate Conception. Because so this I've one was in question. the 18, 1872 was when this one was created. Yeah. And then it was not declared a dogma until then. When was it declared dogma? The 19... 1950s. 1950s, yeah. 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 So this was already in... You know, the church was thinking about all this stuff. Yeah, it was it was all understood. It just wasn't listed as a dogma yet. Yeah, and just so. decla- well, clarified. Yeah, exactly. So there it is. I love this. I mean, I could just walk through this over and over again, but I think we've run yeah. out of time. I know that went by fast because I yeah. I, th- this kind of reminds me of when I was. You know, at school, if I finished my work before everybody else, in order to keep me from acting up, my teachers would allow me to go to the library and look at stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I spent a lot of, a lot of hours in the library looking at art and looking at timelines. And and it, yeah, I could completely, I want to go back and look at this. I I find it fascinating. It was just so well done. And so that all of our viewers, listeners can have a chance to really dive deep into this themselves. We'll make sure to have links for them. Yeah, Um, absolutely. The Oregon Historical Society did a very good job putting these images out there, making them available in great resolution. And you can really take your time, zoom in really close, enjoy all the different little images. Um, There's a couple other um, from Blanchette that didn't have time to incorporate into our talk today, but very detailed black and white ones that are fascinating. 
I'd probably yeah. print them out and want to color them in myself because I like doing that. Yeah. Well, and yeah, and, and they're just, they really are something new. I never, I never knew these were around. And it was such a, such an incredible way to communicate to people mm-hmm. using, using imagery. Um, again, you know, we're so, we're so text dependent on, uh, well, we think we are, but actually yeah. we're not. I mean, when you think about how we understand things and I'm just thinking about emojis, yes. <laughs> so much can be communicated <laughs> with, uh, you know, certain emojis mm-hmm. and, um, and it's, you know, obviously not quite the same thing, but we, we are very, we're visual animals and we understand imagery as much, if not more than we understand text. And of course, images, it's a language that, that, that spans all kinds of cultures. Oh, you know, people know if you draw a sun, people are going to know the sun. Yes. You know, they're going to know the moon or a human being. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this was a fun little adventure. We took another little stroll along a pathway. Yeah. And so it'll be fun to see where we end up next. But we'd like to take some time to thank our patrons, their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of sacred art and all the shows on StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Uh, Be sure to subscribe to our shows in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcasting app or on the StarQuest YouTube channel. This great way to see all these beautiful images is on the YouTube channel. So that's youtube.com StarQuest Media. And you can watch the show and uh, see all these great visual references. And then to find previous episodes of The Secrets of Sacred Art and to send us feedback, please visit sqpm.com slash sacredart. You can email us at sacredart, email us sacredart at sqpn.com or follow StarQuest on social media, Facebook and Twitter. And please join our Discord community. We love to have fun conversations doing that. That's sqpn.com slash discord. So, Alex, are we going to have a, a fun little continuation with the uh, French-speaking Catholics of the world? <laughs> <laughs> I, I will do my best with, with my husband's help. <laughs> yeah, so next time we'll be back and we'll be discussing an artist that I think um, has probably already been a dear friend um, for many of our listeners for a long time. William, Al- uh, William Aldolf Bouguereau. And his work is a mainstay in many Catholic homes. And we're going to explore his life and work. And hopefully he and his art uh, will become better friends to you and your family after after you hear all about him mm-hmm. and see that that is definitely one that you want to watch. I know I have a piece or my mom has a piece in her kitchen that we absolutely love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll meet him next time. So until next time, I am Alex Murray. And I'm Catherine Laffrey, hoping you find something beautiful. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Sacred Art. Bye-bye. Here's another show on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy, The Catholics of Oz. Find it wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash oz.